force be with you is a phrase used to wish a person well to overcome a challenge. The invitation in this podcast, May the Life Force Be With You, is to explore what it means to truly feel alive, to appreciate the physical, emotional and spiritual connection to our energy, and finally to understand how this impacts who you are and all that you do. May this conversation inspire you to thrive. Hello. Hi. <laughs> good, good, good day, good morning, good afternoon. It depends when you're listening, doesn't it? Um, how are you? I'm good. I am full of summer. Oh. <laughs> like full of sun oh. and energy. And... That sounds fabulous. Yeah. That just makes me immediately think of ice cream, but that's where my <laughs> mind goes. But that is not a bad thing at all. We certainly look like sun- sunny and glowy today. So that that's, that's awesome. Full of summer. Mm. How are you? I'm really good, actually. Good. Good. I'm also full of summer. Mm. Um ready to pass out on the beach for a little bit because sometimes the sun the heat as bad as it sounds in the UK can get a little bit marked and sometimes you also need to rest Mm. you've got a feeling that you've got to be everywhere and do everything just because it's nice outside do you ever feel guilty when you just want to rest when it's nice and sunny outside I do so guilty (laughs) and so you know we're obviously Brighton and Hove and Summer here is like non-stop. Mm-hmm. I often describe it as living in a festival. Yes. <laughs> and it's like there's all this cool there stuff going on. There's a festival every single day yeah. here. Every day. Yeah. There's a celebration of something in Brighton, which is amazing. But you... See, I don't. we were just talking about this earlier. I don't get FOMO anymore. I don't have that fear of missing oh. out. I used to. Gosh, it's exhausting. We can come back and return to that. <laughs> Um, but there is so much to get involved in. But mm. also, if you choose not to see, if you choose to step out of that and just kind of do what feels right for you each day, then, you know, the, those things pass you by. And sometimes that's just what you need. You need to do your own thing. Yeah, I think so. I feel like I'm somebody that can get very into saying yes to everything probably mm-hmm. because of FOMA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and yeah, Brighton <laughs> Summer and Brighton is, is a dangerous like, time. It's like living in a festival. <laughs> I love that. I love that as I look out the window at the kite surfers going past and people sitting in deck chairs. Um, and, and you know what? Everyone is having their own festival. Always. Right? There's something for everyone. Something for everyone. Um, do you want to just take a little moment mm. before, we, um, before we start? today and see what comes up I um, invite everybody actually to join us and just uh, take a bit of an exhale out (sighs) when you do that your shoulders kind of immediately drop down and you feel a little bit of more space created in your body and therefore your mind Just kind of being aware of your breath around your nostrils as you breathe in through your nose. Not to any particular depth or 
any particular cadence, but just noticing how it feels today. And I guess that's the invitation. Just noticing how you feel today. And I am, um, I always say that meditation or mindfulness is a beautiful tool. It's more than just relaxing. We can use it to ask questions, to problem solve, to visualize, to create the future, the path that we want to take. Our minds don't know the difference between thoughts and realities. So this is a beautiful space to create the environment that you want and what you want to see and how you want to feel. So the question that comes up for me today and has done this week is using this time to think, what if? What if? Take a breath in and, out and open your open your eyes. Mm. That's a powerful question. <laughs> I know. It felt quite open when I first asked it in a couple of sessions I've done this week, but um now you've said it, it's it's a it's a hefty one. Yeah. I meant it an intention of playfulness, but I feel like it's uh, I feel like it's landed on your shoulders. Sorry it about has. that. In a good, you know, I feel like we can get very stuck in the limitations that our mind creates for us all the time. And as you said, that really powerful question: What if? I kind of saw it as like a cannonball question that can just break through those limitations. Because mm. what, whatever limitation you have, you can ask that question. What if it wasn't like this? Or what if the solution could come? Or what? What if that terrible thing that we tell ourselves is going to happen doesn't? Mm. What if there were no barriers? Mm. Often the barriers are the ones that we create for ourselves. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that it ties to the other thing I mentioned, which is the visualization and the reality that we create for ourselves are, is simply the constructs around that denying mm. the what if. Yeah. Ignoring it or not bringing it to the table when you're thinking of something or examining something. And I, I feel like, Yeah, it's a really, a really powerful question that we don't bring into mindfulness or meditation or connection to ourselves enough. Because I always, I do feel that because, as we said in the past, eighty percent of our thoughts 
are negative. It's just the way we're wired because our reptilian brain is on the lookout for the danger. <laughs> and that's that's why as a species we've survived, because that exists. Thank you very much. <laughs> but our lens that we look at those threats and dangers are not lions, tigers and bears now. They're email alerts. They're, you know, we're late for something. We've, you know, in our heads created a construct of a story around we've disappointed someone or we're... We're not doing enough, we're not being enough, we're not seeing enough, we're not earning enough. Like there's so many not enoughs mm. that that becomes the lens that we see our fear and our, our triggers. Um, so yeah, it's a, our what ifs tend to be from that negative scenario that we naturally create. Um, and wouldn't it be nice if our what ifs were more dreamlike? Mm. And more yeah. creative and playful. Yeah, I have a phrase that I like to use, which is like, turn your worries into wonder. Mm. So rather than worrying, you wonder. <laughs> which is essentially the same thing. It's yeah. just one is kind of I wonder doing if. the what if yeah. of everything that could go wrong. And once you change the word to wonder... There's something positive about wonder. There's something that's like... Well, it immediately infers a curiosity to find out more. And if it's, I wonder if, it's a really nice positive way to frame something that you're not sure about Mm. that immediately invites an answer to a question that could then set off in motion a more positive outcome. I wonder if I could just do this. I wonder if I changed... A to B what the outcome might be but it again the other point that I brought up in the intention was around using it to problem solve so by reframing that question or just changing that one word Mm. it then makes your brain and your thoughts search for the good search for a different outcome search for a different solution once you've got one Mm. you start to think and also or maybe if, and then all of a sudden you have a whole bank of good stuff that you can do (laughs) and put into action that takes you out of whatever funk it was that you were in in your your worry. Yeah. I feel like from a, a life force energy point of view, one of the things that I've explored a lot in myself and in in the kind of energetic work I do is that when we're in that reptilian mode of of not feeling safe which essentially in modern times mostly that is from things that our mind is slightly creating for us Mm -hmm. in terms of scenario Mm -hmm. like you've just said um when we don't feel safe what our life force energy does is come slightly out of our body, kind of comes into the energy around us. And that's a really good thing if you're fighting a bear. Because if you're fighting a bear, you actually don't want to know your your own body's limitations in mm. that situation. Like, that that won't help you. You, go, you need to be almost outside of your body. Yeah, you don't have time to be thinking, oh, I can't do that because I'm not strong enough. Yeah, enough, or I am so much smaller or... than this bear. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, you you kind of don't There's want no to be in <laughs> it, perceiving that situation through your body, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. No, and that so does you, make sense. You come 
I mean, life goes level. You come out of your body. And that's brilliant when fighting a bear because you need to be in that that superhuman state to mm. actually have the reaction. the heightened reaction and intelligence of not being limited by your body mm-hmm. and your body's limitations. But because our minds are so good at creating these scenarios that cause us to feel scared a lot of the time, a lot of us are operating a lot of the time with our life force energy slightly outside of our body. And, you know, our emails do not need us (laughs) to be outside of our body as if we're fighting a bit. It's kind of like that's a, from what I understand, that's like an emergency mechanism for when you are actually fighting a bear, (laughs) as opposed to a way that you're meant to live a lot of the time. It's literally a waste of energy. Yeah. When you say that, that's what comes up for me. We're like, we're, we're just, yeah, expending energy <laughs> needlessly because there's no physical reason for us to have left that energy to have left our body. There is no fight, flight, response, reaction time needed, but we're just being triggered and released. Trigger, release the energy. Like we're releasing that. That That's the kind of image that comes up for me. It's just like giving it out all day long but to no actual benefit um or need and when you're outside of your body you don't you're not listening to your limitations like it's there so that you can fight a bear without listening to your limitations Mm. because in that situation you can't but because we've kind of programmed ourselves in a way to live like that quite a lot I feel like that's how people end up in burnout and stuff because you're then not listening to when you need a break or when you need water or when you need... You're not listening mm. to what you need to Because your brain regenerate. literally does shut down mm-hmm. in those instances, doesn't yeah. it? So you've gone into complete physical reaction, reptilian, you know, raw reaction. But that logical decision-making, communication, some of those, like, next brain, like, you, you know... That that's just gone. It's disappeared. Mm. Um, so you're not making good decisions. You're not thinking through scenarios. You're not able to go stop. It's okay. I'm safe. Yeah. I don't need to feel like this. What can I do to make me not feel like this? How do I self-regulate? Go for a walk. Take eat well. Like all of those things. If you're constantly in that heightened trigger state you can really begin to see why over time, like you say, that leads to burnout. Mm. If it's just a constant, almost like treadmill that, that you're on of that heightened state. Or I don't know if you've ever got yourself into that heightened state. I have. I have. Yes. <laughs> and like, you can like, do like a crazy level of work and not have taken a break to like water yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, because you're on that adrenaline, you're, you're, you're on that fighting the bear. <laughs> kind of trip and there's no consideration for what your body needs or what your life force energy needs because when you're watering your body you're also watering your life force energy you're also regenerating this fuel that is your creativity I think that's an interesting one because um, you know we need some form of eustress to kind of get ourselves up in the morning mm. to be you know when people say you're passionate about something and you're really motivated mm. and you're really driven 
they can be really good things mm. and they're what make change in the world if none of us had a passion or were driven to do anything everyone would just bleh. like there's just no <laughs> there's no innovation no creativity in the world right you need that kind of passion so how do we know when we're giving out the right level of energy and where it's tipped into that kind of feeding and burnout and I guess that's the 64 million dollar question right is that fine line and that fine tuning between I need this you know adrenaline hit because it feels really good and wow it's making me create some amazing stuff versus this adrenaline hit is actually now creating a physical mental emotional spiritual depletion for me that is not good I think that's an amazing, amazing question that second amazing question that you've just put on the table <laughs> um, in this conversation. And what my heart wants to say is I feel like the adrenaline, the cortisol, the the um energy that we get from fear is a different energy from what we get from love. And so mm -hmm. when you are doing something because you love it, it can be very, very energizing, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't take you out of your body. If anything, it, it brings you more into your body. Mm -hmm. and, and the fear programs within us take us, they shoot us out of our body, whereas... You know how if you're, I, I think a really good example is like when you, you're doing like a hobby that you're really passionate about, say somebody that's really into cooking, like it's really energizing for them. It doesn't, there's all that passion there. And I think a hobby is quite a good example because I feel like with a hobby, there's very little pressure. There's very little, you know, things that cause the stress. Um, it's just a, a passion. It's just passion, <laughs> and and that's still energizing. It's just a different type of energy. So, do you think the difference is the intention behind the activity? Because I wonder, you know, when people say they're really passionate about their business mm. and they're really passionate about the job that they do, or you know. Even even people that are passionate about making money, like that, let's not pretend that it, that 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 always has to be a bad thing. It's it's not like no, that's what makes the thing. world go round, right? <laughs> but people are fearful of saying that that. But actually, that you can be passionate about earning money. Good, great, like that's fantastic. Um. So is it? I wonder the difference between that fear and love in being driven by something like that is the intention behind it. Because if the intention that you set out in a, say it as a new like business, if it comes from a place that's, you know, scarcity, fear of losing something, um, driven by the wrong reasons, even if it is a pet project of yours, it's still going to lead to burnout versus if you love it and almost the outcome is secondary, but it's the action that you're in and it's the more immediate adrenaline hit cortisol hit that you get that's the most important thing I just wonder there's like I feel like there's a little bit of a nuance of of the intention of an action and a passion project or an energy that you put into something I completely agree with you and I think that it I like the fact that you said nuance because I feel like it 
you know, you can do a day's work or an hour. It can change within an hour. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, it's not just the intention at the start of a project. I I think it's if you're being aligned and true to you in the moment. Um, And that, you know, that, that can change for external reasons as well, right? So, you know, we don't need to berate ourselves if we had a no. bad day, a bad week, a bad month, and at the moment, even maybe a bad year, right? You know, <laughs> you hear, I'm gonna take that bad one. decade. I'm gonna take that one. Um, because, you know, particularly when it comes to business, you hear people say, you know, it's eight years for an overnight success. Mm. Yet we have this such immediate kind of need and, 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 you know, there's, no one wants to say it's, take, it's, it's been hard work. People only want to hear the overnight success stories, but they are very few and far between. And I remember um, listening to a Joe Wicks podcast many, many years ago, and everybody thinks they can be the next Joe Wicks because they're personal trainers. And you're like, <laughs> he's like, it took me eight years to yeah. do what I did. I, you know, I was standing in the pouring rain, <laughs> PTing like nobody because nobody showed up for my classes. You know, it's that resilience, but that passion because he believed in what he did was who he, you know, he was had a purpose behind mm. it. And even when it feels hard and the resilience has to be off the charts to keep going for that and the energy that he he put into that paid paid off. And I think that authenticity, because the intention mm. of the outcome is there from the start, his byproduct is he's now a very wealthy man. But his goal at the beginning was always to help people get fit and, you know, do it in an easy way that made it possible to fit into their lives. And so I think there's there's something around that that heartful intention that's really important I think so and I I I, one of the things I like to remind myself of is a concept that stress is loving something without trusting it Ooh, stress is loving something because we don't really get stressed about things we don't love things we don't love (laughs) we're not that interested in we tend to get stressed about things we love and care about. And for me, important. stress is the absence of trust in in the love that we have for something. And, and I think anybody that has steered a project will know that you are constantly in and out of trust with that <laughs> with that project. And every time you're out of trust is when the stress starts to come into it. It can also be with yourself within that environment mm-hmm. as well, right? So trusting in your ability, your resources, your capability, the environment that you're in, all of those elements all kind of come together to create that. It's not, I think everybody tries to leap outside of themselves yeah. and say trust is somebody else. Mm. But actually it's quite often self. It's always self. It can never be somebody else. And interestingly, the root word so the so the root word of trust, it's got more than one, but one of the ones I like the most is to comfort. And so I'm like, in a way, it's like, is yourself comfortable in this situation, even if you're Joe Wicks in the rain with nobody there? Like, because if trust. the resilience is going to come from if you are comfortable with that being part of the process. Hmm. And I, lo- I love, I love... <laughs> I love um, that you always give me a root. <laughs> I love it. You give me that root definition. 
because you know we we just take you know the, the, these times always have some power behind them mm. that when you say that that comfort it's like poof, hits you uh, yeah that needs to be brought into every session that we do I, I want you to do <laughs> are you the root meaning no the yeah. root meaning behind <laughs> that word is I, I love it <laughs> me too but like the comfort one was really because I don't think I understood trust until I heard that root word and I was like okay so in order to trust I have to be comfortable mm-hmm. and when you're in that fighting the bear adrenaline state there isn't any ability for you to navigate or work out if you're comfortable because no you're just fighting the bear well, you, 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 you're shut down right you're not you're not picking up any of the of of your, your receptors you're yeah. not you're not able to think your system has shut down that capacity because it's going get out of here quickly mm-hmm. so yeah you, you're never gonna be able to comfort in that or have any kind of self-preservation other than go as part of your your response and it's quite interesting to me that if you're going to explore it from this like life force point of view that in order to be less stressed in a situation that your mind might be making quite stressful one of the things that you can do is just ask how can I be more comfortable and it might be that you just need to drink some more water Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like the power of water to give you some energy (laughs) and clarity and clear you know it, it isn't that you then have to go and like do like loads of luxurious things to become more comfortable but it's almost like it's basic life needs what if I made myself more comfortable in this moment Mm -hmm. how would I then respond to this situation Mm -hmm. and I think the resilience that you're mentioning the people that have it are good at making themselves comfortable in the uncomfortable in what most people perceive as uncomfortable like eight years of making a project happen you don't do that you don't last the eight years if you don't have the capacity for self-care no and amongst that you you simply don't i mean we i talk about the fact that you can't have sustainable high performance Mm -hmm. without the foundation of well-being because we can all perform at high levels for short periods of time without a good foundation of well-being but it's the sustainable bit it's just we, we we need long term to understand that those small moments of self-regulation of self-care of you know asking what do I need today a glass of water a quick walk (laughs) outside a nap even though the sun's shining outside I'm just gonna sit on my sofa for five minutes and chill out you know those simple things it sounds so almost trite but but they make such a big difference to then going just creating that space to kind of ask yourself okay what next? What if? Is it is this, you know, a fight or flight moment or did I just need to kind of chill out for five minutes? Because you can fight a bear. Like, humans have. 
we just can't repeatedly fight. Don't you stand fight, still? But... Is that, is that, I, I don't know like how you fight. We need to look this up. <laughs> but I like, feel like you just stand still. Or you get big. I think that's what you You, you can. <laughs> Humans can achieve many amazing things. We think for we're a short we have our superhuman yeah. We can do superhuman stuff. It's like the woman that could, you know, pull a car away from her her baby's pram or whatever. Yeah. Just that superhuman super reaction. That's loads of your life force energy leaving your mm-hmm. body. And uh, from the energy point of view, that's what it is. It's like loads of your life force energy going just outside your body. So you're almost making yourself energetically mm. bigger, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but we can't sustain that. And that's what you're saying is like, we can't, we can do that once. But when you're then trying to like, when that becomes your way of doing things, it, it's, not, it's sustainable. not sustainable. Like we, we can't sustain it. And, and actually once we've done something like that, we really need to replenish, <laughs> you know, even more. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're in a kind of, I think anything that's like public speaking or anything where like there's a tendency to have to go into that state to a degree, then it's even more important that you replenish because it costs a lot mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. And that can be not just work environments as well, but it's family time. It's, you know, even just, you know, running around with life admin and, you know, looking mm. after other people is a, is a big one as well, where you're just constantly on the go, giving out that energy. Um, and I feel like when you get to a certain stress level, that's where people need that help and intervention most, because once you get to that high level, sometimes then that becomes you know, the treadmill that you get stuck on and our bodies get addicted to that feeling of, ooh, good cortisol. Yeah, give me some more adrenaline. Ooh, <laughs> give, give me, me some more cortisol. Give me some of that cortisol. <laughs> I, I have been there where I completely diminished my cortisol levels because that just becomes how you operate. Mm-hmm. And you almost, particularly in the corporate world, but, you know, mums, I'm not saying you wear it as a badge of honour, but it's what you hear everybody talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm so tired. I just like, Duh-duh. and that's that just becomes part of your vocabulary because that's how you... It's your default state when you're trying to kind of maintain that high level um, of intensity when actually there is no reward for burnout. The reward comes with just taking the... bringing awareness to what you need in a moment and looking after your basic sleep, water, sunlight, Mm. basic needs first and foremost. Self-care happens now. <laughs> happens mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you can't go back no. and change it. <laughs> and you haven't lived the future yet. So there really is only now, right now. What would you say to, because obviously this is really your, what I would say is your specialist field. What would you say to somebody that's listening to this and is like, oh my gosh, I'm addicted to cortisol. What, what's the one thing that they can do? So the the one thing that we all have Mm -hmm. costs absolutely zero and literally takes a moment that will help anyone and everyone out there. It's a deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) It's that simple. Do you know the science of the deep breath? Our our breath, well, I'd love to hear hear you as well. Our our breath and and that deep conscious breath stimulates our vagus nerve. It Mm. helps calm our nervous system which in turn slows our heart rate. It helps our digestive system function. 
it brings that clarity to our, our minds and our brains and just lets our system... I, I always say, um, from my digital brain, it, it's our control-alt-delete button. And that like really fast little reset allows us just to kind of start again almost. Mm. Um, and the more that we can do it... Now, obviously, one breath is great. Five is even better to create a little bit more of a, um, a window and a space and clarity that can drop in. But but something as simple as just being mindful about how you're breathing because we we don't breathe properly. And when the best the best way to understand what good breathing looks like is to look at a newborn baby. Hmm. And they're not thinking count in for four, count out for four, right? They are mm. just breathing to what their body needs to soothe at any time to feel comfortable. And you'll see their bellies in fill. fill when they breathe in and they drop back down again as they breathe out. Mm. And so many of us breathe paradox. We, we breathe the wrong way. We breathe the opposite. And what that does is mean that we, a lot of us breathe into our chest mm-hmm. and not our bellies. And that immediately, you can even feel it if you try and do it. It shortens your breath. You're not taking in as much oxygen. You're not filling your system up with the good stuff. You're not stimulating your vagus nerve. It actually does the reverse and it increases your heart rate, which then increases that feeling of stress. And we go back into that firefly mode. I was going to say, it's how <laughs> you put it. It's the how breath you get mechanics of how you get state. into the bear, fighting the exactly. bear. When you're fighting a bear, you're not deep belly breathing. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. So breath and belly, I guess, are my two tips. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it, it, it sounds so ridiculous, doesn't it? It sounds so ridiculous, but it's truly our system, our body's way of helping us self-regulate. Yeah. That's amazing. And I was asked this question just this this week, you know, what do we do as we're running between meetings or we're busy or we're finding that we're not really, you know, fully in the moment and present? And my advice was breathe. Hmm. And it was also be where your feet are. So just that little bit of awareness. Once you've taken a few breaths, give your toes a wiggle. Hmm. Remind yourself that you're here. Look down at your feet. You can't be anywhere else apart from where your feet are. Hmm. And there's something kind of grounding and a little bit playful in that as well. So they were that was my my two thoughts this this week that came up when I was asked about that. I love those. They're so they're so simple. And why don't people do them then? Do you feel that we have a tendency to think things need to be more complex? Because if it's simple and we don't do it, we've only got ourselves to blame. And it's easier and more comfortable to tell somebody else that they're the problem or there's an external factor and what that's why you are who you are. Because if we realise that it's very simple to change, ooh, I can feel the resistance in that immediately. I think that... I think that we're addicted to achievement mm-hmm. as a, as Westerners. We're very, very conditioned to achievement. And something that's simple doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. feel like an achievement, even though it will actually lead to greater achievement. <laughs> oh, my God, there's a whole thing in that, because achievement, to me, now, 
means being happy. It means being in control of my emotions. It means being able to self-regulate. It means being able to say, no, I don't want to do that because it's going to make me feel all of the heightened state that I'm not interested in. And achievement to me is positive mindset. It's being in control of that, which then, to your point, in itself then leads to better decision-making, which can then lead to all of the other elements or perceptions of what achievement can mean in that kind of Western society version of that success, abundance, love, health. But we we focus on that and not the core human state we need to get there. I know, and I feel like... So when we're in those heightened states of being disembodied, of having our heart rate high, of having our cortisol going, ultimately we are in those states absolutely trying to make ourselves safe. And Mm -hmm. the focus Mm -hmm. is always when you're in that mode is safety because Mm -hmm. you're in survival mode. And if safety is making more money or achieving, you know, like the Western view of safety... When actually, the safest place to be is always your center. That's the that's the place where you will always be safe. And in a way, what the the two amazing suggestions you've given, they are ways to get back to your center. Mm-hmm. They are ways to bring your life force energy back into your body. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're safest, (laughs) you know. And so it's kind of like we're 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 used to kind of doing everything we can to be safe, other than the the simplest thing, which is to come into our own inner cave or our own sanctuary, our center. Yeah, we don't need to build a panic room. No. (laughs) (laughs) And sit in that panic room in fear. We we simply need to comfort ourselves Mm. that is simple and the truth it is it's pretty powerful thank you that feels like a really nice place to to finish off today i agree thank you thank you and may the life force be with you may the life force be with you We hope this conversation has topped up your life force energy. If it has, then please help us spread the life force. Like, share, subscribe, all of that. (laughs) And may the life force be with all of us.